The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Here are your hosts. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Certified Knowledge, a marketing training and toolset company designed to save you time and money so you can get back to the rest of your job duties. On this show, we investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of nirvana. You can find show notes and other information about our guests on CertifiedKnowledge.org. And today I have a special guest with me, uh, Mike Blumenthal, who's a Google Places Gourmet, or gourmand if you want to say it in French. And he focuses on local marketing. And that's what we're going to talk make, can about. Can I make one correction here? Gourmand, Please gourmet do. In French, gourmet in French means a connoisseur of fine food. Gourmand is somebody who eats too much of the fine food. Oh. <laughs> Right. I, have, I fall into the gourmand category when it comes to Google Places. I see. All, all local, all the time. That's my motto. All right. So, hey, uh, George, <laughs> I'll, re- I'll re-record that then. All right. So, just, just in that spot for it. All right. So, today I have a special guest with me, Mike Blumenthal, who's a Google Places gourmand. He focuses on local marketing, local all the time. And that's what we're going to talk about today is local um, Mike writes actually a great blog on local. I've been following for years, and I'd, we'd never met until a couple weeks ago. And funny enough, we've both been in Germany talking about local for the U.S. Um, so I met him up in Asmex Munich, where I had finally the pleasure to meet Mike face-to-face. So welcome, Mike, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Great. So I'm going to talk today, obviously, is, is local. Um, and the word local means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, some will call it paid, some is SEO, some it's mobile, maps, franchise marketing, etc. So, you know, when you say local, what do you really mean? Well, for me, you know, I come from a, a retail family, a retail background. I was in bricks and mortar retail for 30 some years before I got into the internet. And so for me, when I say local, it's basically all and any of the internet options that are available for marketing a physical location on the internet, Uh, driving people in the door, driving phone calls, driving sales. It's anything, but it's based around the physical location of that business. So to me, it encompasses all those things, mobile, social ads, but it, you know, it's all about driving business to local business. All right. Well, that makes sense. So I guess the best way to sort of think about this, if we have so many different options, is pretend I'm a local business, right? And, and I want to get online. 
So if we break this into two categories, one being, you know, presence, whether it's your Facebook or, or website or whatever, another being advertising and split them into two sections, right? And say, first, I want to get online. What are the things that are the most important to, to start with? When I, um, well, for me, the, the, I think of it a little bit differently because I come from, again, a sort of a YP background, right? Where I had to deal with the yellow pages. So for me, I think of it in terms of discovery, recovery, and just pure marketing, right? So in discover in in recovery, somebody's looking for your phone number. They already know they want to come to you. In discovery, they're looking for something to buy. They don't know who to buy it from. And in marketing, you're either you know having a relationship with existing customers or potentially future customers, where it's not a sales environment. It's just a it's more conversational. So when I when I split it out, I look at search on one side, which is recovery discovery, social on the other side, which is a little bit more more marketing driven, more conversation driven. So I could, regardless, you know, to me, they, every most small businesses are overworked and underpaid. They have very little time. They're doing it themselves. So for me, they have to be, they have to start with the basics of making sure that their business name is one name. I deal with a million businesses, little businesses, and they keep changing their name. Well, the internet isn't very tolerant of that, right? Is it bee, what is Bee Feeders? Well, Bee Feeders is a restaurant in my town, next town over, right? Sometimes they call themselves Bee Feeders. Sometimes they call themselves the Beef Eaters Restaurant. Sometimes they call themselves the Beef Eaters Downtown Deli and Pub. Well, they need to pick a name and stick with it and use it across. So, so to me, you got to start with real basics because people, you know, people have never thought about branding at that level, and they have to think about it. So, a common, you know, a standardized business name, a single phone number. And then I think that the other thing that they need to do is they need to build from the bottom up, right? It's very easy to get attracted to the newest social phenomenon, you know, Facebook, before that was MySpace, next month it'll be Pinterest, whatever it is. But I think that they need to realize that they need to build out assets that they can control and that they own, like a website, like a blog, um, and you use those other tools that are out there to drive people to an asset that you control where you can get the name, you can find it, get, you know, do the contact information and obtain it. You can track the visits. Um, I really think that, you know, that way you can leverage that presence, that website and blog on both social and search um, as you move forward. So to me, first thing is, you know, establishing a really fixed name and a fixed phone number. And then the second thing is building a great website. And then going okay. from there, deciding which of the many options are right for you. All right. So so that, that makes sense. And actually a name first makes a lot of sense. So um, once you have a name, where do you put it? Right. I mean, is this where, you know, does Yellow Pages data and Axiom Amakai matter still as much as they used to? Or could you just put it on Google Places? Well, yeah, Google Places, you know, Google with Places does everything algorithmically. And a, ma a major part of the Places algorithm has been the prominence of your business through your business name and your phone number online. So, um, and that's still a component of the algorithm. So for me, a critical next step is to seed your name, address, and phone number to InfoUSA, Locally, Axiom, um, 
as well as the primary, you know, uh, directories and IYP sites, super pages, yellow pages. Um, and a great tool for that for very small businesses is getlisted.org. It sort of drives you through that process. So to me, that's sort of, it's a useful step. It, it does contribute to Google's, you know, understanding of your prominence in the local space. It's not the only step. Um, and it's something that can be done once and pretty much, you know, as long as you don't change your phone number or address or business name, you can, you know, do it once and be done with it. So I think it is still an important aspect of making sure that you're prominent enough. All right. So, that, so I, I totally agree. Data distribution is so important. Um, Get listed is is great. Actually, uh, David Mims, um, are you involved with that a whole lot too? Well, um, with David, we uh, our Get Listed Local University, which is a training seminar series that we take out to mid market towns to engage directly with small businesses is done under the get listed brand but i am not involved in his online software product okay so because that distribution is so is so important um and in fact i'm going to jump ahead to a question i had earlier because you've mentioned a few times and that's the phone number there's been a lot of controversy over the past couple of years we you know if we use a call tracking number then we can see where we get calls from but if you use a call tracking number, then Google's not going to give us nearly as good of a, a, a placement. So, you know, when you think of call tracking numbers, is it worthwhile or do you really have to just stick with your phone number? Well, the way the Google uh, Places algorithm works is they create a cluster of data about every business, right? The cluster is this multidimensional spreadsheet, if you will. Uh, if you can imagine the, all the attributes in one dimension, um, all the sites that they get the information from, all the databases they get the information from another, and in a third dimension is time. So it's really a multidimensional matrix about your business. And the glue that holds that matrix together is phone number. So if you want to have as many entries in that matrix as possible, which you do because that's how Google judges your prominence, then it is critical to keep your phone number consistent across the whole Internet. Now, from a practical sense, you know, a lot of call tracking numbers help the call tracking company more than they help the small business. It's use, I mean, the reality is right now on the business small business sites I'm looking at, um, that Google sends 85% of the local business, you know, on calls. And the rest of it is, you know, does not, is not a huge amount. So compromising your Google ranking that would send 85% of the business for the sake of determining where the other 15% of your calls are coming from seems to me, you know, having it backwards. So I strongly recommend call, against call tracking numbers um, in the current environment. Huh, very interesting. Very interesting. That's, that's good to know. Um, so I guess you, you did mention blog, you mentioned the website, so forth. So where do you really start? Is it is it a blog? Is it a website? Is it a Facebook page? I mean, what's the best place to put your presence out there then? Well, I, I don't think of a Facebook page as, I mean, I think of it in terms of equity and I, and owned equity. Part of the problem with Facebook as a primary uh, presence is that you don't own it. You're essentially building the equity of Facebook. And while it can generate strong relationships with your clients, I think it really needs that Facebook needs to be looked at as a complement to something you really do own, which is your own website. And um, I think the WordPress for most small businesses, WordPress at your own domain is a perfect solution to both a website and a blog. You know, it can be, it can track, it can attract links, it can attract site, uh, 
you know, mentions and you can reference it from your Facebook page or from Twitter. Um, so it becomes a very sound foundation that you can use for both referencing in your social campaigns and in your search marketing. So I see it as a critical element. So to me, you start with a website and I, and if you start with a website built on Facebook or on WordPress, excuse me, you have a blog already built in. So when you do have time to start blogging, you can, it's already there. So to me, that's a sort of a strong foundation that uh, you can then build from. Then, you know, as you move out, do your NAP citations and you get links, you talk about your business on Facebook. You have a place to send people and hopefully where you can control some of the conversation, like on a blog. I, I can't agree more. In fact, we've had, you know, show guests talk about social and talk about everything else. And the problem with Facebook is you don't control the conversion environment. Right. And what's amazing, I've seen the studies recently that more companies have Facebook pages than websites. And I think it's a huge mistake. And I'm glad to hear, you know, a local expert like yourself say the same thing. Um, so we are going to uh, take a quick break for our, our sponsors. And then we're going to turn with Mike and talk about how you get that traffic to your site now that you have one. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back talking with Mike Blumenthal about local marketing. And so we sort of talked about blogs and websites and so forth and, and obviously the data distribution. 
So now once you have a presence, you obviously need traffic. So when you think about, you know, getting traffic, where do you start? Well, the, the first place is to go back to, we start, you start with seeding your NAP, like we talked about, direct claiming all your directory listings, making sure that you're in Google Play, that you've claimed your Google Places page, you've claimed your Bing page, your Yahoo page, and that you've seeded your business into the many online IYPs and local directories, Yelp and super pages. So that's where you start. It's fairly you know, it's a tedious but trivial task. Um, the next thing I think small businesses should be doing after they've built a website and uh, is to start gathering their email list, you know, starting to track um, email addresses from all their clients. I work with so many small businesses that have not been able to put in place a, a way to gather email addresses. It's such a trivial task, and it's a great way of staying in touch with your clients, um, announcing you know specials and promotions and ideas and upgrades, and yet so few people do it. So to me, um, you know, perhaps even before you build out a blog, you want to put in place a program to to collect all the email addresses. Um, you know, once those, that once your website's done and you've got a plan and you've seeded your NAP. And you have a plan, and you have in place a plan that actively collects emails. Then you can start thinking about whether search or social is more important to you, um, and then working either the social side uh, or the link and citation side. You really mentioned, you know, search or social. Um, but, put your but, direction next, right? You, a lot of small businesses have limited resources, so they have to pick and choose their battles. So I don't think long haul it's a choice. I think in the end you need to be every place. But short haul, as you're building out your plan, you have to, because you're working with very limited resources, you have to decide where to put your resources next. And for me, I think search is where you go before you go to social because you're getting people very far in the purchase funnel with strong intent to buy. And so, you know, in a Google search for, for a product, let's say it's engagement rings in Buffalo, you know, you're attracting clients that are very ready to buy and very far down the purchase funnel. Um, so to me, that's where you go next, but I'm not sure that's right for every business. It depends on the business. Okay. Cause I, I would almost agree with you vast majority of the time search really is next. Right. Um, and so when you think of search, right, you have Google Places, and obviously Google's put a lot more of the local stuff into their um, organic algorithm for the Google.com stuff. So when you think of, of you know, making a local business show up well in search, what are some of the – I mean, we obviously can't get into every factor here, but what are the primary things that companies should think about? Well, they need to understand that the bulk of the business from search is going to come from Google's main – search result page from the integrated local results there. I mean, those pinned results that show there, whether they're the blended result of the new algorithm or the local universal result of the previous algorithm, those are the results that are going to most directly drive phone calls and traffic. So that, you know, becomes the measure of success. Um, obviously, having a well-built and a well SEO'd site is a critical element in that. Having your NAP well seated is critical. 
Um, you know, Google looks at prominence, you know, having relevance well figured out. I mean, picking your categories in places so that they accurately represent your business um, is critical um, so that you're relevant. You know, if you've got those things done, then you need to move on to traditional web SEO sort of things with citation link building, where you start approaching local chambers, other local businesses, vendors, membership organizations, finding out where you already are mentioned, perhaps converting those citations into links, finding out where you already have links, converting those links into citations, and then mining all of your relationships for solid local citation links. When I say a citation link, what I mean is a link to your website, perhaps on a keyword, but that also includes enough information that Google can include it in the cluster about your business so that you benefit on both sides of the Google house, both on the organic side and on the places side. So if you have a link you know, you can, if you can get your phone number and business name added to it, that's great. If you've got a mention of your business name, like on a chamber directory site, it'd be great to have, a, you know, a link. So those are places where you can start, and it's fairly easy because you know these people. It's a local market. Link building, at least at that initial level, is a social project, not a technical one. Interesting. And, of course, you can run, you know, AdWords as well. So what do you think about <clears throat> Excuse me, what do you think about AdWords for local businesses? You mean AdWords Express or AdWords in general? Let's talk about AdWords in general first. Yeah, it depends on the business and depends on their budget. I think certainly um, in many categories, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it, you know, can it, but it's a diff. I, I see AdWords as having as much complexity as any of Google's products. And the problem with it is it's out of the reach of most small businesses to manage it themselves, which means that, you know, they have to hire it out. Um, it's too complex and to do it right. And doing it wrong doesn't do you much good. Um, it's expensive and it doesn't get to the qualified traffic. So, so then, I mean, in, in response to that, right, Google launched their Google AdWords Express. Right. So what do you think of AdWords Express? Well, it's a very simple product, and it um, it can, in some situations, offer high value with a small amount of work and uh, easy setup. But, you know, I, I've looked at it probably in 10 different accounts, and three-fourths of the time it doesn't work. Uh, for a number of reasons. You know, it uses broad search, um, so sometimes it doesn't target correctly. Um, it sometimes, because it uses Google's categories, you know, it doesn't allow you to define your own keywords, so sometimes it misses uh, appropriate searches there. Um, it, it's a bid system, and small businesses don't understand that it's an automated bid system, so Sometimes mid-month you can run out of your limited budget and all of a sudden your ads drop to zero. Um, so there are a number of issues with it. But when it works, it can work very well. Um, I think like any advertising medium, any small business that uses it needs to have a way of measuring its success and not blindly assume that it's working. Um, and that's a problem because a lot of small businesses don't have the sophistication level to to you know, to see what keywords, it, you know, to see whether it's bringing you qualified clients, whether the clients that are bringing are, you know, calling you or filling out your contact form or um, whether your ad is 
you know, high enough quality. Um, but when it works, it works, it works surprisingly well. I have a small client in Buffalo that's using a very small monthly budget of a hundred dollars and she's getting, you know, 90 visits a month on her website. She's getting a two to 3% conversion to her form, you know, to her contact form. And she's getting a number of phone calls from it. So it's a, you know, for a dollar a click for engagement ranks, that's pretty good, you know, but it doesn't always work that well. So you have to really be careful with it. And you've seen it not work more often than you've seen it work. Um, well, initially, it didn't work hardly at all. Google has made great improvements in it, so it's and it's continually being improved. For um, one of the examples of improvements, initially, they weren't allowing you to put your own title in the ad. You had to use your business name. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's hard to get relevance if it's your business name as opposed to some product or service. So they changed that, and that improved the targeting a great deal. Um, They've just added, interestingly, they just added, they are testing call tracking on it, right? Which I find fascinating that their, their, their maps algorithm doesn't really support call tracking, but they've added it on their side, which is certain, there's certainly a rich irony in that. Yeah, but I, I think Google definitely realizes the value, uh, the value of showing value, right? And, and that's right. the issue is is most businesses, right? They don't care about site visits. They want to know, did I actually get phone calls, people walking in my store? Right. Um, so let's so take, um, yeah, at least in a test market. Exactly. So actually, I hope that that does roll out further because Google supporting better call tracking would be great for everybody. Um, so let's take just one more break for our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and just sort of recap some of like the top few things you really should be doing. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at cpaway.com. As you know, being an expert at f What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f*** performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 16th Annual International Web Award Competition. Independent judges from around the world recognize the best websites from nearly 100 industries. 
Web Awards winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. You can't win if you don't enter. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm, the flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org. Only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back talking with uh, Mike Blumenthal about local. And so if you're thinking about AdWords Express, think about it some more. It could work well. Learning more about AdWords, of course, would be uh, great as well. So, Mike, um, you sort of laid it out at the very beginning, right? Discovery, discovery, recovery, marketing. Um in which I, I find very interesting because I, I learned a lot more about Yellow Pages than I really cared to after my last company was was bought by Yellow Page Company. Um, so I find it interesting to say some of the words. So when you when you, if you're talking to someone who you know was just moving into local um, and you had to give them you know, right and they're limited resources, so you have to give them like three pointers to start with. All right, what are the top three things you tell them to go do first? Build a website, claim your places page, go to David's, get listed, follow the instructions there, and build an email list. Yeah. And start and the, communicating with your customers. Those are the things I would do first. Perfect. And and the, the name thing was actually really important, too. Um, yes. Picking, picking a central name. like I, I don't think I've ever heard someone lay it out quite as well as that. So that was, that was great. Actually, thank you for laying it out quite that way. That was perfect. Um, yeah, and, and it may be, you know, one of the things I recommend to a lot of clients that have been in business for 20 years in local markets is it may even be time to revisit your name once and for all. Um, you know, they, uh, on the Internet, a business name might be viewed millions of times in a very brief context of a list on this IYP site or a list on that uh, directory or on the front page of Google. And I think it's important that it says not just who you are, but what you do. And you know, you don't want to just change your name for search relevance. You want to change it because it adds meaning and context. Um, I had a client whose name was Elkeville Concierge. And it wasn't at all clear when you see that name, when you hear it, what they do. And so I had them, you know, once change their name, do it legally, file a DBA, do all the legal stuff, do it on the utility bills, do it in the yellow pages, do it in the white pages, because Google ultimately sees all those, and they changed it to Elkville Concierge Real Estate, right? I mean, not a huge change, enough that allowed Google to see their old name, but also to know, for people to know quickly what they do. But if you're going to do that, you know, you don't want to do it just for Google. You want to do it across the board, every place, and then do it once and leave it forever. So I, I, I hear that, right? And I think small business, limited resources, great idea. But I also, in, in a way, so a, a couple years ago, right, there was the interesting articles that, that New York Times is writing about how they could no longer write a good headline. They had to write a headline with the keywords in it. And, and this almost seems like it's the same thing, right? You no longer can have a cool business name for branding. You can't be called a Google or Microsoft. you got to be called Google Web Search, right, or Microsoft Office Productivity, you know, software. Um, well, you is, don't have to. Is that kind of the branding in a way, or, or what? It, it, not? 
It depends on the branding and it depends on the market. And, you know, I don't recommend it across the board, but I think that, you know, a lot of small businesses think of their presence very, very locally and very regionally. You know, my, my jewelry client's a good example. Her name was Barbara Oliver and Company. I mean, it doesn't say anything. It wasn't creative. It wasn't meaningful. It was a testament to her name. And she was a one business operation and one person operation. And I, you know, and so how, it, to me, adding the word jewelry clarifies it for everybody. At least they know what she does. So a lot of business names, I mean, I, I would agree with you that uh, a business that has broad aspirations beyond the local market may want to consider creative branding. Um, but that's a process that should begin at the beginning. But in the local market, most businesses are, you know, already Jim's vacuum cleaner. Well, that says what it is. Um, or the beef and barrel that doesn't really say what it is. So, um, or beef eaters doesn't really say what it is. So to me, I, you know, I think that there is some, uh, common ground between saying who we are and what you do. And you, I think you can say it in a creative way. And I think you should, but it does, you know, if you don't change your name, Nothing, you know, you're not going to be hurt by it. You can still build out links, citations. Um, but I do think it's, you know, as long as you have to pick a name you sh and you've already been using three or four, then pick the best one, right? Yep. No, I I agree, right? And, and you know, I... I always I buy a lot of stuff online. I you know wander down the streets and I look at stores and I don't know what they do by their names sometimes, and, and so that's um, sometimes it's a tough one. Actually, so I have one last question before we um, wrap up here. So you mentioned you know Google Places a lot, um, and Google Places obviously has lots and lots of traffic. What do you think overall with the limited resources of, of using, you know, Yelp and Yelp advertising or Angie's List and, you know, some of these other local properties? Is it, you know, obviously Yelp in the restaurant category is thousands of reviews. Just, it, you can't get away from it. Um, but, but for the rest of local businesses, should you spend a lot of time on Yelp or is Google Places really where majority of your, you know, 85% of your phone calls really do come from? It depends on the on the industry and the region you're in. You know, in, in Buffalo, for example, Yelp is a non-issue for people. It's not widely used. Doesn't have a lot of presence. Certainly in San Francisco and New York, it has much, much more. The problem with Yelp advertising and their relationship with businesses is that you know it's not performance based. It's a flat fee, and you know I. I I think that what Google has done with performance-based advertising is really what all small businesses should be doing. And I, you know, the hackles go up in the back of my neck when I hear $400, $800 a month that, and they don't, there's, you know, there's no, there's nothing that you're going to show for that at the end or guaranteed, right? You may get two site visits, you may get 20, you may get two calls, you may get 50, but it, it's a flat fee. And there's, and I believe that performance advertising is critical. So I do believe that if Yelp is relevant in your market, you certainly should engage with your Yelp listing and engage with the reviews and reviewers. I'm not sure that you should partake of Yelp advertising. Interesting is it's the old Yellow Pages business model, right? They own the distribution. Exactly. You had to be there. That's right, and it's and they sell it that same way with FUD, you know. And I hate it, you know. If you're uncertainty and doubt, if you're not there, your competitor is. And to me, anybody who sells that way, you know, sooner or later, the market catches up with them. 
Yeah, no, that that's very fair. Well, Mike, this was this was fantastic. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, so you mentioned getlisted.org, which is David Mims, and actually is a great place for data distribution. But where can people find you online? Um, well, I am at my blog most days, which is uh, Blumenthal's.com forward slash blog. And uh, my Twitter handle is mblumenthal. I'm there quite a bit. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm on Google Plus as well. So any of those places, they can probably hook up with me. And my email is mikeatblumenthal's.com. And people send me stuff from all over the world. I mean, one of the beautiful things about having started my blog is that people share with me their millions of discoveries. And that's always fun. So if you've got something interesting, you've seen in in google places feel free to send it to me by email mike at blumenthal's.com and if you do local advertising if you're still listening you probably do local advertising go read mike's blog and i will put up all the show notes with how you correctly spell blumenthal's and links to mike's blog um at certifiedknowledge.org and the the everything uh, as always all the show notes will be there um so thank you mike this was fantastic Thank you very much for having me. And I thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of Mark and Nirvana. As a reminder, show notes and other information about our guests can be found on certifiedknowledge.org. New episodes of Mark and Nirvana can be found on Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find the archives of past episodes at webmasterradio.fm or on iTunes. Thank you for listening. <laughs>